Good morning, Moran Park. How are y'all? Don't all answer at once. <laughs> it's good to be together in the house of the Lord. Before we start in with worship, I have a few announcements. So the first one is that we are so pleased, and Abby, could you come up? We are so pleased to announce, yes, woo! Um, I think you know that Val Peters, who's been serving as a, our ministry coordinator for what, like seven years, Val? Three? Oh, only three? Three hard years, though. Three very hard years. <laughs> um, she's she's stepping down she's here you know she's still here but she's stepping down and Abby Saitsema who's one of us who's is with us and actually is supposed to be down in children's right now <laughs> um, has uh, you know stepped up and agreed to serve us in this way so we're so grateful so grateful Abby brings beautiful gifts organizational skills and also just being one of us she knows us and what's our story so it's just wonderful to have her on board I'm wondering um, Val and Chrissy could you come up because we'd like to pray a blessing over her yeah I'll pray but I just so since since uh, Val is staff and handing over and Chrissy is staff let's we will do that Father in heaven, thank you so much for this family, this body of believers, and for how you've knit us together and how you are doing a work among us through a time of, yeah, a time of we were big and strong to a time of kind of chaos and now a time of regrouping. And I just thank you, Lord, for providing for us and providing for us in Abbey. So we pray that you would bless Abby, in this role, make her fruitful, Lord. Help her to see the things that we need. And Lord, we know she's got the skills to do all the things, but we look forward to how she will apply those skills to our needs. And Lord, that this isn't just a job, but it's a ministry among us. So I pray a blessing on her and her family, and thank you for her. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, come on back. So in the process of looking for <laughs> Abby, as we were thinking about Val and also Chrissy, we realized, oh my goodness, these ladies. We've been through, you know, we've been, sorry, all oh, just so dumb. <laughs> we've been through so much, and these ladies have, you know, they, they went from being engaged in a, this, you know, big, vibrant church to, um, and, you know, kind of like an exciting workplace to um, quiet, I mean, let's, lonely, a lonely place because, you know, so many people, the staff left, and, and they've been holding down the fort and serving us in such a beautiful way. And so we just were saying, you know, goodbye, just staff-wise to Val, but also wanting to honor both of them for how they've served us. And so we just have a little gift. And we love you guys. And we're going to miss you in that way, but we're glad you're still here. Love you, sweetie. 
And now, let us start with our worship. Oh, I have the passage, but I don't have it open. Sorry, guys. Here we go. Psalm 100. Shout triumphantly to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us, and we are his. His people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good, and his love is eternal. His faithfulness endures through all generations. Praise the Lord. Let's stand together. Let's stand together. Okay, we're going to reflect for a minute. Where has God been good in our lives this last week? So I'm just going to, I'm going to play a, a little bit of music. Let's reflect and Holy Spirit, come and remind us. Where have you been active? Where has your goodness been raining down on us this week? Where have we missed you? Come in and bring back the memories right now. come to worship, we're not coming as blank slates. And those words that Carol read, those are words that were written connected to experiences of God's goodness. People had seen God's goodness and then remembering that was the fuel for their praise. So these memories that we're pulling up right now, these are vital to what we're about to offer to them. sing our story in the darkness in the darkness we were waiting without hope and without light till from heaven you came running there was mercy in your eyes to fulfill the law and prophets to a virgin came the word from a throne of endless glory to a cradle in the dirt. 
Praise the Father. Praise the Father. Praise the Son. Praise the Spirit. Till that stone was moved for good, for the Lamb had conquered death. And the dead rose from their tombs, and the angels stood in awe. For the throes of all who come to the Father are restored. And the church of Christ was born, and the Spirit lit the flame. Now this gospel truth of all shall not kneel, shall not fame. His name and His freedom I am free for the love of Jesus Christ who has resurrected me. Praise you, Lord. Praise the Father. Praise the Spirit, three in one, God of glory, majesty, praise forever to the King of kings. Sing, oh, what a Savior. is 
Christ is risen. Are you hurting? Are you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin? Jesus is calling. Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? Jesus is calling. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus. and trade them for joy from the ashes a new life is born Jesus is calling oh come to the altar the Father's arms are open wide forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of
worship you, Lord. You're here. We worship you, Jesus. Whatever's in your heart to say to him, say it now. You can keep it in. You can speak it out. Yes, Lord. We love you. You've been so good. We worship your name. No name like yours. Our Savior. Love you, Lord. Thank you that your face has shone on us. Thank you that you've made us children of the day and yanked us out of darkness because of your great love. We know you love us. We put our faith in you.
Jesus. We're already yours and still have us even more. Amen. That's it. Thank you, Daniel. That was beautiful and wonderful to get us off on the right foot. Well, good morning and welcome. Welcome. Um, we love you. And just one other little comment. We love you, but Jesus loves you more. There, so there you go. So that's it. Oh, here we go. 
I just love these days. spot here. Today we're going to talk about treasures in heaven. Over the last few weeks we have been going through the Sermon on the Mount and today we're going to be back in the Sermon on the Mount but we're going to uh, the last few weeks we've actually studied the spiritual disciplines that Jesus expects from us as Christians and that would be giving to the needy, prayer, and then last week, fasting. So he was giving us a way how we could lead our righteous life. Well, today, we're going to flip. He's going to switch. He's going to switch on us. He's going to move from spiritual disciplines to material disciplines. So, and that's going to boil down to how we handle our wealth and money and treasures. And he's going to give us some really good ideas what that means. So, um, if you know me at all, you know that I spent my entire career in banking. So, but guess what? Today, there are going to be no hot stock tips. <laughs> so I know that's just right, really what. Uh, no market news and no financial advice. So that's it. No more. But, but I have some really good news for you. Time I'm through in a little bit here, I'm going to give you the best investment advice you ever had. An investment that you do not have to worry about. It's going to always be there for you, and it's just safe, and um, we're going to get to that in a little bit. And I'll share with you when we get there. So today, we really want to focus on, well, we're going to use the scripture, Matthew 6, 19 to 24. So if you want to find that in your Bibles, but it'll also be up here in a little bit. If it isn't there already, oh, it's there already, so... But we want to look at four or three different questions. We want to look at where is your treasure? Secondly, what are you focusing on? And thirdly, who's your master? So let's, I'm going to read the, uh, the verses here, and then we're going to sort of dive into them one by one to see exactly what Jesus is telling us. So treasures in heaven. He's telling us, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your heart is, there will your... Uh, I'm getting hit. <clears throat> for where your heart... Excuse me, back up here. <laughs> for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. That's it. That's the reading of the word. Now, um, let's just go right to the first question because, um, and I just want to say up front that as we go through this, God never said we can't have money. He never said we couldn't have a stock portfolio. He never said we couldn't have possessions. But as we go through, I think we're going to find out exactly what he meant. And uh, so the very first question we're going to tackle is, where is your treasure? So let's go back to verse 19. 
And it says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth. He says, do not store. I mean, he's telling us not to hoard our things on earth here because it's sort of a foolhardy investment where uh, moths and vermin and dest can destroy and where thieves can grab and take it away from you. So that's pretty interesting. I don't know, you know, when I was a kid, it seemed like um, my mother had this problem with moths. Um, I don't know if moths are, have been exterminated or what, but I remember when my mom would always put these mothballs in every corner of the house and it stinks so bad. But yet we didn't have moths. We didn't have holes in there. But every once in a while, she'd pull something out of the closet and guess what? There was a hole. Oh boy, that was it. You know, more mothballs. But that's, that's what Jesus is telling us. You know, you don't have to worry about that. You know, moths aren't going to get it up um, later on, but you can get it right now when you're on earth. So, and there's another thing here, you know, Timothy um, 6, verse 10 says, the love of wealth is of great evil, but he's not saying you can't have wealth. He's just saying love. If you love something, you're going to pay attention to it. You're going to give a lot of attention to it. You're going to spend a lot of energy on the love of what you have. Um, but... Let me go. <clears throat> There's a couple of passages here I want to share with you. One is Proverbs 6, 6 to 8, where he's saying, and sort of reiterating the fact that we can have possessions. And he's, he's saying here, Go to the ant, you sluggard, consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer, no ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at the harvest. So that sort of leads me to believe that these ants are pretty smart. You know, they're gathering their stuff and they're holding it for, for uh, their provisions for the wintertime. The second one is 1 Timothy 5.8. Anyone who does not provide for their relatives and especially for their own household has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So again, Jesus is saying, hey, it's okay. You know, you can accumulate wealth. You can, you can share it. You can do the right things with it. Um, but he is really He's more concerned about the material things in life and how it can define us, which he doesn't want. And, and really, if the good saying is this. If you own things, make sure you own them, that they don't own you. And there's a big difference here of owning something, but that thing could also own you, which means that you could pay a lot of attention to something. But the other thing is, we spend a lot of attempts trying to satisfy ourselves, trying to find that perfect satisfaction, that perfect contentment, and sometimes we have a very difficult time getting there. It just doesn't work sometimes. So I have a little story here of a young man, and I'm thinking of the four boys here, a young man, so I take this to heart here, um, all the young people in the audience, that this young man was with his friends, and he was talking to his friends, and he said, um, I could talk to them because they're friends of mine, so I, they're not going to be too bad. But anyway, I'll probably hear about it later. That's all right. Um, he, they, they said, to, to his friend said, boy, you know, if I could meet that girl over there, and if I could build a relationship with her, I'd be the happiest man in the whole world. So some time went down the road, and they just happened to be together again. And somebody says, hey, by the way, how you doing with that girl? Are you still in your relationship? And he says, I'd be the happiest man in the whole world if I could get rid of her. 
So that's, uh, so that's where contentment comes in. So I guess we know and we hear that a lot of times. How many times has it happened to us? I know it's happened to me where you want something so badly, and then when you get it, you say, oh, why did I do that? So Jesus is telling us that, look, if you're going to store things on earth, you, have, you run the risk of losing everything in a moment's notice. And we've seen that happen in many, many times now over the last few weeks where people have been devastated, floods, tornadoes, losing everything. I mean, I, you just turn on the TV and they're interviewing a couple and they said, we lost everything. And I was thinking back, wow, that is, that's how true that is, you know. When we stockpile things here, it's sort of foolhardy. But we need provisions. The Lord knows we need provisions. We need things. He knows that. So let's, um, let's move on to verse 20, which is the flip side of this, because this, this uh, scripture really is pretty, Jesus does really an interesting thing. He sets it up here, and then he says, but do this. So, but store up yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Um, so, so what some, the question is sometimes, what are treasures in heaven? Well, treasures in heaven are more intangible type of things. Treasures on earth were tangible things. It could, be, it could be a car, it could be a house, it could be clothes, it could be, you name it, it could be anything. It's something that we just treasure. But he's telling us, uh-uh, don't do that. But, and I have a better idea for you. And this is where, here's my best investment advice. If you're going to lay things away, Lay them up in heaven because nobody will be able to take them away from you, ever. And that's what he's telling us. So that's the best investment advice I can give you this morning. Um, and you, you'll get your reward for doing that. So what are, so the best illustration is Matthew 25, 35, and 36. Where Jesus says, For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. So if you digest that verse, it pretty much tells you exactly what you can do to lay up treasures in heaven. And it goes much deeper than this. If you're giving food to people, if you're helping people to rise, whatever you're doing, you know, those are things that will help you lay up your treasures in heaven. They will have an impact on these people for eternity. Um, so then, so after he shares with us, okay, don't lay it here, but lay it here. Then he comes in with verse 21. He says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So he's not messing around. He's just saying, okay, I know where your treasure is. I know what you really think about. I know what you're focusing on because I can, I can tell because that's where your heart is. And um, as I told you, uh, I was in the banking business and I was thinking back of some stories. And I, I remember when I was a branch manager here in Holland, I had this one customer. And he had a lot of money in the bank. I mean, a lot of CDs. That's when CDs were paying a little bit more than they are right now. But nevertheless, he had them, and he wanted to receive his interest monthly, which he did. We gave him his interest into his checking account monthly. Well, so one day I'm in my office, and I get this call. It's the phone. How may I help you? He says, we got a problem. Oh, see, if you're a branch manager, those are the words you don't want to hear. We've got a problem. So he said, well, he said, I just received my interest check, and it was put into my checking account, and I recalculated it. This is the honest truth. 
I recalculated, and you missed it by a penny. One penny. I said, I don't know what I said, but I was sort of dumbfounded. Anyway, well, how can we correct this? So he said, well, I want that penny put in my account, which we could do. And, but that wasn't so bad at all, because then he also had called the president of the bank, um, telling and venting his displeasure that we missed his calculation by one penny. So the president calls me and says, Al, you know, you, um, you fix it. <laughs> yeah, of course I will fix it. And then uh, you sent him a letter of apology, which I did. But then I was thinking back as I was putting this together, wow, I think I know where that guy's heart is. I think I just know where his heart is. I know where his focus is. I know where he's putting his energy. I know where he's spending his time. Who in their right mind would go through all those calculations just for a penny? I don't, I mean, I know I'm thinking out loud here, but really the bottom line is how much time do we spend that we could be spending with the Lord that we're spending on, you know, these things that, that um, really don't matter that much in the long run. But he stayed with us, which was good. That was, that was good. But... I, I still, every time I think about that, I don't, I know what I wanted to say, but I didn't say it, so therefore. Okay, first, let's go move on now, because then Jesus comes back with another set of right, wrong, evil, good, healthy, unhealthy, and that's the eye. So, let's go read verse 22 and 23. Here we go. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be filled with darkness. If then this light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? And I, and really, I was, I was, as I was putting this, um, researching this and, and listening to a lot of things and reading a lot of things, that some versions use good, evil. This one use healthy, unhealthy. But if you're, Jesus is saying, hey, if your eye is healthy, you're going to look at the world differently. You're going to look at, like, what are those treasures that I can lay up in heaven? What can I do that will, that will do good? Because when you're looking through the healthy eye and you're doing these things, you're going to feel really good. I mean, you're going to be filled with joy and your body's going to be filled with light. But that's, that's what we want to happen. That's what we crave for everybody to, to look at the world that way, through the good eye. But then also you flip, the, um, flip it around. He said, well, you have a choice. You can also look at the world through your unhealthy eye. And it's amazing that when you start looking at the world through your unhealthy eye, a lot of that stuff goes away. A lot of stuff, the good stuff goes away. And uh, the one big thing that happens a lot of times is we wound up in envy. We wound up uh, coveting. We... We wound up doing a lot of things. But the one other thing that sort of develops is we start rationalizing things. We start looking at the world differently. We start rationalizing. I'll give you an example. I, know, I don't know if it's happened to you, but it's happened to me, that you just get in this frame of mind where you have to have something, whether you really need it or you don't need it. I mean, I like to play golf. So I played a lot more back in those days. But... For some reason, I always thought that, man, if I could get that driver over there, I'd get that ball a lot further. And then you start rationalizing. Well, of course, that would be, that'd be a really good thing to have. And then, lo and behold, it comes up, and it's on sale. But now I'm really in trouble because I can tell myself, wow, look at, I can get this thing, and I can save 20 bucks. Wow. I'm not saving 20 bucks because I never used it. So, <laughs> the reality is I spent 
But how many times does that go on in our life where we just figure we need something, we have to have it, and that's the urge to try to get the satisfaction that we just can't find. There's only one way you can find that satisfaction, and that is through our Lord and giving your life to him. Uh, now, Jesus, we have spent time, you know, looking at where we should put a treasure. We spent time on where our focus should be. Now, the question is, who is your master? Okay, this actually is, um, it's an absolute. There's no little bit of this and a little bit of that. This is an absolute. Jesus said, I want 100% of you. I don't want 99, I don't want 98, I don't want 70. I want 100% of you. And that's it, as simple as that. He has given 100% to us, so he wants 100% of us. He doesn't want the scale to go 80, 20, 70, 30, whatever. He wants, so here it's pretty simple. His command is, you cannot serve both God and money, or treasures, if you want to use the word treasures. Um, he says in verse 24, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one, love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Um, so the question sometimes comes up. You read a passage like this, and then sometimes you ask yourself, wow, well, you know, how am I doing? How do I measure up? What, what, how do I know? How do I really know if I'm on the right track here? I mean, he did say, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. But I did run across this... Um, this test, more or less, it's sort of a, take it for what it's worth. Before I get to that, I just want to put up Corinthians 13, verse 5. And this is just a verse that tells us to examine yourself, to see whether you are in the faith, test yourselves. Do not realize that Christ Jesus is in you, unless, of course, you fail the test. Now, I'm going to show these questions one at a time, and then I'm going to put all three of them up there at the same time and leave them up there if you want, if you're interested in, in reciting them or memorizing them, whatever. Um, but the first one is, what, what are my feelings towards material things? How do I feel about material things? I mean, do I really, is, is that all I'm thinking about is the material things? And second, are they really important to me? So you can see based on what we just talked about, laying up treasures in heaven and on earth, so we know and what we really like. We just know what we like and where our heart is. That's what's going to be very important. The question number two Do I find it necessary to explain why I have things or want things? And the second part of that is do I act on impulse and justify it later? Um, this is a really interesting one to me because why would I think that I have to explain to anybody why I have things unless there was something I didn't feel right about it, I just didn't feel good about it. Maybe that's why I want to take the time to explain exactly why I have this or have that. And again, it's okay to have these things as long as they're, you're, you're focused on the right things. And the last one is, do you exert the same effort to utilize a spiritual opportunity as you would to take advantage of a material one? 
I was thinking of an example, and the only example I could think of was sort of, um, and I'm sure there's others out there, and you could probably help me with some, but this is one I thought of. If you had a neighbor that had to get to work but didn't have a car, and you had $3,000 sitting in the bank, and you could use that $3,000 to buy him a car to help him out, would you spend that money to buy that car, or would you spend that money to please yourself? Would you spend that money then on material things for yourself? It's just, these are just thought-provoking questions. I don't know if there's, you know, you can use them for whatever way you want. Um, but throughout all of this, uh, as we wind down here, in conclusion, um, Jesus has given us, it's really interesting the way he lays out, like I said, he's given us three opportunities to make choices. He has said up front, he said, you can lay up your treasures over here on earth, or you can lay up your treasures in heaven. But he sort of said, do not lay your treasures over here. So we know exactly what's the right way to go here. The second one was the healthy and unhealthy eye. He's, he said, the way you look at the world is going to be very important. How you feel, how, how, if you're filled with lightness or darkness, it's going, to, it's going to make a difference. It's going to make a difference how you look at the world and how you address situations. Um, and lastly, we said there was no little bit of this and a little bit of that. Jesus wants you. He wants to be your master. So we have to acknowledge that, that this is not, like I said, 50-50. This is not, you know, we can't do a little bit here and a little bit there. He wants all of you. That's it. And um, that's the bottom line. Totally. Um, so I was... Um, I heard this little saying the other day, and I really, it sort of hit me, and it sort of made me chuckle a little bit, but um, actually Gary gave it to me. I'm going to give you credit for this, Gary, so if you don't mind. Um, he said he had heard a sermon one time that the, the minister actually had the title of the sermon was, remember, you can't take it with you, but <laughs> you can send it ahead. So <laughs> just think about that for a little bit. You can, you can utilize all those, remember, Jesus blessed us with certain gifts. He's given people different sums of money. He's given people different wealth. But it doesn't matter what level of wealth you're at. It's all the same, you know, because you could have just a few things and still not focus on him. Or you could have a lot of things and not focus on him. Or you could have a lot of things focusing totally on him. But it's how you use those things in his kingdom, I think, that is, it matters all the most. So... I'm going to leave you with this question because I think it's the question that really answers the whole picture here. Is, here's the question. Where is your heart? That's the question. Jesus knows where your heart is. So where is your heart? That's the question. Okay, I'm going to pray. And uh, as I come to the end of my prayer, I'm going to ask everybody... If you take a couple minutes, we know the devastation that's going on in the world right now. We know how things are in, in uh, Syria and <clears throat> Turkey. So just pray as I stop praying. Just take a couple minutes in your seat, silently. Ask the Lord to not forget about those people, to help those people, to, um, yeah, okay. So, Father, um, we just come to you right now. Oh, you've given us so many good things to think about. You have told us how we should live our lives. You told us how we could be righteous. You told us uh, what we can do. 
that we should take the time not to lay up treasures on earth, but that we should take the time to lay up treasures in heaven. You also said that, you know, you've given us a set of eyes that we can use either uh, healthy or unhealthy. So pray that uh, everybody can sort of look at the world through a healthy perspective. And lastly, Lord, we want, to be, you, we want you to be our master forever and ever. Um, there's just so many things. And uh, Lord, we pray, also pray that if there's anybody that is struggling and uh, cannot find the answers to some of these questions and is really not, not um, doesn't have the availability of talking to someone, we ask them to come forward today in, uh, in prayer sessions here and, and discuss and pray. Um, we, we, uh, we love you, Lord, and uh, we're going to take some time right now to pray for people that really, really need your help and, uh, so they can see just how powerful you are in uh, helping all the people that are there excavating and, and uh, clearing things up, but all the people that have lost friends, relatives, and um, thinking about all those people. So we just take a couple minutes right now. Thank you for everything, Lord, and, uh, and amen. We were, uh, we're going to be transferring over to the Lord's Supper, and Jill is going to lead us in the Lord's Supper. So I'll go through the instructions first. For the Lord's Supper, we'll have two servers over here and two over here for you to come up and receive the gifts. Um, the ones over here, there is gluten-free, there's um, gluten-free bread, there's gluten-free crackers, so whatever you choose. If you want gluten-free, you have to go to this side. So I'm going to start with um, Paul's words about the Lord's Supper in 1 Corinthians 11. Um, the verses really are 17 to 34. I'm not going to read them all. But I was struck by it says many times... When you come together, when you come together, when you come together as a church um, to examine yourselves, and um, I think Jack brought that up last week, uh, to remember to do that this past week in preparation for the Lord's Supper. But it tells us a person to examine himself first before coming to the table, examine our relationship with God, and our relationship with others. We know that that's important to God. So if you've done so this week, and um, we do invite you to come and share in the Lord's table with us. Um, I was going to read from remembering the words of Isaiah first. So Isaiah 53, verse 5, reminds us 
foretold of what Jesus would do. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. So we remember what Jesus has done for us. And back to 1 Corinthians, Paul writes, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So come forward and partake and proclaim the Lord's death and what he has done for us.
we're going to move forward and doing so I want to reiterate uh, what Jill said just about us being well with one another um, at our elders meetings we try to make a practice of after prayer because we start each meeting in prayer together and it's oftentimes like more time in prayer than you would think you should spend in a meeting like because we have stuff that we need to do right we have things we need to talk about and yet we're just consistently offering up prayer and at the very end of that time somebody most often asks our hearts well and that's an opportunity for us just to say i've got something i need to bring i'm un i'm like struggling with something or if we feel like it's relevant to bring to the whole group because we really want to create space to maintain the unity of spirit around the table and that's what paul is saying in the corinthians bit about the lord's supper he's saying discern the body as in are you well with one another because our wellness with one another the peace with between us is vital to our witness it's it's crucial it's you cannot separate this and this isn't just between us here this is with other believers in our lives also it's just as important so one of the things that's going to continue to define this body is that we are not going to be okay with not being okay all right that's part of who we are that's as long as this church is going to exist that's going to be a definitive factor about us and not just us but us with others as well we're going to make every effort to maintain the peace in the Holy Spirit for the sake of our witness so that the fragrance of Christ spreads through us and that we bear witness to what Jesus has done where he has drawn Jew and Gentile which is the Bible's way of saying the most different people possible God has drawn together and made one in Jesus and it's evidence of his resurrection it's evidence that we are his followers and it's bedrock to God's heart you hear me okay good so we are gonna celebrate through song one last song we're gonna stand we're gonna sing drenched let's stand now <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna be down here with you uh, let's pick a good key to sing this in reason is I could I could play this on the guitar like like in my sleep, but the piano, I'd be distracting. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Let's do all souls. All souls atone by the blood of the Lamb. I'm not a slave to what once held me down. How beautiful that cleansing flood. I am washed, I am washed, I am drenched in love. Here we go. 
Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. I am washed, I am washed, I am drenched in love. Two, three. All filth made clean in that crimson sea. I'm not ashamed of what once shackled me. How infinite that grace divine. I am free, I am free, I am a child of God. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. I am washed, I am washed, I am drenched in love. Oh, 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 oh. one more time. Oh, 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 oh. how priceless. How priceless, how precious, there is power in the blood of Jesus. How priceless, how precious, there is power in the blood of Jesus. Here we go! How priceless, how precious, there is power in the blood of Jesus. How priceless, how precious. There is power in the blood. Oh, I was buried deep with Christ my Lord. Now I'm raised to life forevermore. My name is carved upon your heart. No, not death, no, not hell could ever keep us apart. Woo! Two, three. Oh, precious is the flow. That makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. I am washed, I am washed, I am drenched in love. Amen. <laughs> Woo! Who's closing? Who's closing? I'll take it from here. <laughs> All right. All right, um, just a few uh, things. Uh, you, you heard Al say, you can't take it with you. And I want to, and there are no U-Hauls behind hearses. All right, so we've heard that said, but I want to submit to you that we can take a few things. And one or two things come to mind to me. One is character, and two is relationships. We are called to love the Lord our God with all our hearts, minds, soul, and strength and love our neighbor as ourself. The vertical aspect of it, him growing us in character, horizontal aspect of it, us growing in relationships. All right, so uh, as we believe in him who God has sent, John, according to John 6, this is the work of God, to believe on him whom he has sent. Our treasures will be more focused on heaven, more focused maybe on the character and uh, the relationships. Our eyes will become clearer because we're focusing on what God wants. And with that, then our, um, what's the third part? The master. 
we will be less inclined to serve two masters and move more towards serving the true owner and master of our souls. All right, so with that, this coming week, may we see every circumstance, every interaction, every encounter, every thought, every inkling, every idea as an opportunity to display our redeemed value or as an opportunity to come to uncover more of our redeemed value. May we rejoice in the victories that we encounter. May we be undeterred by the defeats we encounter. Go in peace. I guess a few other things. Yep, we're going to have prayer if anybody needs it. And then Jack and I will be up here to pray for anybody if they want healing. If you have anything physical, anything or anything else that you want healing for, Jack and I will be up here available to pray, all right? Now you can go in peace. Get out of here.